everything goes back to the very beginning. When the first legends built a united republic to enable supreme power to the people, joined Fiat Republic on a thrilling adventure. This is a Crypto Legends podcast. Today, we're discussing the recent crypto winter. It's a time for deep inquiry, not about simply what works and what doesn't, but about how an otherwise thriving business to get ahead of fear, uncertainty, and doubt, contagion, and regulatory scrutiny. Being winter-proof is about excelling, not just keeping your head above the water. It involves agility, ingenuity, and a calm temperament. Rod's to have two distinguished guests who will share valuable insights on this topic. Marianne Moffat, CFO at Ramp Network, and Rasael Fatire, co-founder and CEO at Nylos. Together, we will dive into topics such as overcoming challenging market conditions, drawing lessons from previous crypto winters, and developing robust business models, including how to build resilience and adaptability, treasury management, how to balance short-term financial needs versus long-term growth, and company culture. Stay tuned if these are the kind of tips you're looking for. So, Raphael, Marianne, thanks for joining us. Um, So let's jump right in. Uh, So I've got a question for both of you on uh, managing finances during a crypto winter and talking about cash flow management, financial stability, um, and how you are able to be proactive when things are good and to be able to be adequately reactive when things are bad. So let's start with how we react um, when things aren't as we want them. So um, how do you manage cash flow during a crypto winter to ensure uh, the company's financial stability? Um, who would like to get to Yeah, I'll start if you want. Um, so, look, I think you put in the best practices when it's not a crypto winter and you get the, be- the, the, the benefits when it is a crypto winter. I would definitely start with that. Um, I think understanding what you're spending um, is, it sounds really simple, but actually who is spending what, how is it being spent um, and, and why are you spending it? Um, understand your profitability or your unit economics. You know, is your product actually making money? Um, or is it is it burning the money as well as the operational expenses burning the money? Um, I think that's that's also critical. And if it is burning the money, what do you need to do to turn it to profitability and have a clear path um, towards that? Uh, and then I think the other thing I would say is just have a regular, and by regular I mean weekly, biweekly, you know, far, every de- daily, um, you know, cash flow um, forecast, cash flow view. So you know where you're standing and you know you're seeing what your burn is on a very, very regular basis. Knowledge is power in this um, instance, um, in the fact the more you know, the more you can do about it. The less you know, the less you can do about it. So I'm like totally agree with uh, what Marianne is sharing. So we ourselves, like we are a very early stage company and we kind of lived only uh, during the crypto winters. Uh, and I think that's what we learned mainly. Like we had to have very early a view on like two main two main metrics. One is how much we burn every month, and uh, to have like very good uh, predictability on the revenue and the growth. Even if it's very hard for early stage startup, uh, and that like is an exercise that we uh, that we work on it a lot. Uh, we update our budget I think every week, 
to adapt the forecast of the revenue. And the idea is always to know as precisely as possible what's the runway. Uh, and I think that's the number that like that's the thing that you have to have in mind when you're like in all these startups, especially when you're not profitable. You need to know how much, how many months you have uh, until you die, and then it enables you to do to take any decision. Makes sense. And so, Marianne, just to to drill down a little bit. So obviously, the the CFO, you're the one that everyone looks at when uh, you know we're navigating a sort of uh, whether you want to call it a recessionary environment or certainly. When there's a downturn, um, both in the in the macro environment and also in the sort of venture capital space, um, you know, fundraising is becoming more challenging. But um, obviously, Ram, you, uh, Ram, you were able to uh, raise a Series B this winter, so uh, congratulations on that. So, could you speak a little bit more about how how that journey was and and what your approach was to that? Sure, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was great news. Um, to to raise um, at, the, at the end of last year, um, you know, and I think it was an interesting journey. Um, for 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 complete um, view, I wasn't actually at Ramp for most of the raising. I joined last September, so a lot of the hard work had been done already. Um, but I think it was certainly a challenging environment as things were changing from a you know bull market to a bear market almost overnight. As as as, as we were raising, um, I think it's about making sure. We are, you know, a- anybody is clear in their development plan, where they want to spend the money, how they want to spend the money. Um, unit economics, coming back to that again, that is really critical. Uh, you know, investors want to know that your product does actually make money. Um, and it may be a volume gr- um, a, a volume play, but it will actually make money um, in, 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 in the future. Um, I think as well, it's about making sure you've got realistic but challenging growth targets. Um, I, I, I think not just for... Um, investors. I mean, to an extent, investors want, you know, uh, it, it's not like it was two or three years ago where investors would just take, you know, you said you were going to grow a hundred times and they would believe you. Um, uh, you know, you, they're, they're going to challenge you much more on that. And I think once you, even if you're not raising funds as such, I think making sure as you're managing your business, making sure you've got that realistic but challenging growth target. So you're not, you, know, you can actually deliver on them. Um, that's that's really 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 important, um, and and as I said, that sort of clear development plan. What's in my product roadmap? What's going to come next? What's the next big thing? Uh, where do I want to put this money? Where am I investing this money? Um, because if you don't have that clear plan, you'll just end up eating the money on things that you didn't necessarily mean to do, um, rather than saying yes, I'm going to spend X here and Y here. That's really really critical. Yeah, m- makes a lot of sense, and I- I've definitely been in those environments before. When, yeah, you when you're forecasting for an investor, you sort of you take the absolute best possible scenario and sort of stretch that out as far as you can. So, uh, it's interesting to hear that context of taking perhaps a more r- reasonable, rational approach to to forecasting than maybe maybe a couple of years ago uh, would have been a bit different. Um, we we talked a little bit about um, you know having that weekly daily view even on um on the cash flow on what you're spending your money on um can, can and Rafe, maybe you want to jump in on this but sort of how do you go about getting that information from your finance team you know do you have the, a, sort of a suite of business analytics dashboards or are you are you interfacing directly with with your finance director or, or whoever's responsible and and how does that help you understand you know what the business is doing 
In our case, uh, we have our uh, technical team, our engineers working directly with uh, the finance guys uh, and basically that try to connect to all the platforms that we have, whether it's blockchain related or fiat, like crypto bank accounts, uh, and like try to merge data into like different uh, tools. We have a very cool back office tool that is discovered called Retour uh, that enables to build like app for, uh, for back office without writing too much code. And the idea is that we need to every time to have like all the transactions that happens through uh, Nilos in real time to know how much we uh, sell cryptocurrency, how much we buy them, um, and like probably very details on all the operations that happens to have re- also like real time balances in all the accounts, which is not always uh, straightforward. So all these challenges uh, that you need to do, especially when you work with uh, banks that are not like major banks and that don't have necessarily very clear APIs, so you need to have like your own implementations of them and two iterations uh, on that. So then I think that was like a lot of a lot of work, and so that's why we have like really the the, the technical engineers working directly with uh, with the finance team for that. Perfect. Uh, is there is there anything else either of you would like to say on on this sort of topic of managing uh, finances, or shall we shall we move on? I think I would just reiterate, you know, almost what Raf just said. We we have a very similar setup. We've had our tech teams um, being able to you know pull in. All, all our balances uh, where we can um, and it's you know just just knowing what your numbers are knowing what's moving is um, is, 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 is is a way just to make sure you know, you make the right decisions sounds good um, so let's move on to uh, how do you build resilience and adaptability uh, in the business and sort of a big part of that is treasury management so uh, Rafael let's start with you since um, you know Nilis offers uh, businesses crypto and via treasury services. So for, from what you can see uh, among your clients and, and best practices, how have they how have they been behaving and, and what are you seeing in terms of uh, crypto purchases at the moment? Yeah. So I would say like three main points uh, in order to uh, edge, uh, edge uh, again, the volatility risk uh, and like the risk of the market. And the other one is like stable coins. I think most of the uh, people and customers and payments that we go through, we see the through a platform are done in USDT and USDC. Uh, the second thing is uh, we see people moving out of centralized exchange a lot, uh, and they go to uh, custodial or non-custodial solutions, but making sure always that the funds are on-chain uh, and always uh, visible and track uh, and trackable. That traceable. That thing that's like the most important. And the last very interesting, I think. Um, that we uh, noticed on the last days was that uh, the number of bank accounts opened by the crypto companies is increasing a lot. So now, because of all what happened recently in the crypto banks in the US, so we see like basically any providers that uh, is giving uh, providing eyeballs to crypto companies is selling basically to all the companies because they need to have like multiple options. In our case, we also offer uh, virtual eyeballs in Europe and uh, GBP to our customers, and we see like a lot of people that already had a couple of bank accounts that are willing to open more uh, just to be on the safe side. That makes sense. Uh, Marianne, is there anything you'd like to add? I think just to re- reflect on what, what Ralph said about having multiple bank accounts, you know, it, it, it's mitigating the risk. Um, you know, whereas two years ago, even a year ago, you might have been prepared just to have one bank account because there was there was no risk. You know, everything that's happened this year in the US with Silvergate, Signature, etc. I think most people in crypto have been touched by that in some shape or form. And suddenly you realize that actually, you know, we need to have 
um, better resilience. And you, you, we, we can't trust the banks to survive like we used to be able to. Um, and, and, and therefore, we need more of those bank accounts. Um, so, yeah, we, we're, we're, we're in a, set, a, 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 a similar boat to that in the fact that, you know, we have numerous bank accounts um, in, in order to support and make sure we have the resilience. Makes sense. And that sort of leads into the next thing I wanted to touch on, which is uh, on, on the general nature of adaptability and, um, you know, balancing, you know, the short-term needs of the business versus long-term growth. And, and you know, as we discussed with investors, you know, in the current market, it's not just growth at all costs, it's profitable growth. So how do you balance that need? And, you know, we talked about, you know, having multiple bank accounts, you know, in this in this sector, we know that there, there can be risks from, from banks uh, either failing or, or pulling out of crypto services. Um, so outside of the banking environment, what, what else um, do you think that you do in your businesses to, to stay adaptable and balance you know, your, your short-term needs and making sure that you hit those long-term targets? I think for, for me, it's making sure you have clear investment decisions. Um, so you're deciding what, what to invest what to invest when and where, um, and, and, and then balancing that off. We want to do this next big thing, but we also want to do some of the small things as well, which will help um, you know, as, as things uh, you know, on, 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 on the small front. Um, I also think there's the importance of, of continuing to develop a pace. Um, you, know, you don't want to... Uh, you know, things are changing so fast in the market at the moment. Um, you know, you want to make sure that when you to make the decision, you want to develop something, you want to get an MVP out there as quickly as possible. And that is, that I think is 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 really critical to go. Yes, we're doing this, and we're we're seeing um, in improvements. So we're doing some of the short term stuff, which eventually is going to pay off in 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 the long term. Um, and then you know, having that way up of actually, what do you do first, second, etc. Um, and 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 being able to make quick decisions. An opportunity has come up. Let's take it. Let's run with it, and let's deliver, um, because that opportunity is not going to be here. And you know, even today we were having that discussion as a management team about an opportunity that's come up, and we need to put everything, or well, not everything. We, even today we um, had an opportunity uh, that we wanted to discuss, and we need to put a lot of things against it in order to deliver. Um, and it's the right thing to do because uh, it'll give us some short-term benefit. Sounds good, um, Rafael. What What are your thoughts? Yeah, so in that case, I can share maybe what's going, like what's adaptability means actually for like much more early stage startups, especially in the current context. And I will say that uh, adaptability means like the ability to make pivots uh, in your product direction, especially because like the world is moving faster than it's it ever been. And uh, and in general, so it resonates to like the, the, the keep a runway that's always big enough to be able to adapt and, and do the right changes. We've done a lot, I think, since we started the company, whether it was like a very big amplitude or smaller ones, but you always need to be able to change a bit the product directions in order to optimize the revenue. I think you need to, to make a lot of short term uh, profits and decisions. So it's very important also to have small goals sometimes, but I will bring, uh, bring revenue, show to the investors that you're on the right path, and also uh, make yourself more comfortable with the and increase a bit your runway thanks to the revenue, which is quite unusual, I think at least on the last years uh, for startup. Um, and I think what's also in, can be important is try to, when you invest in a project, always think whether you can reuse this project in uh, with, in the case that you're shifting a bit. So if you decide tomorrow that 
uh, your product directions will change, whether the part of the code that you build or the infrastructure that you build can be reusable, because otherwise if you're trying to, what we call overfit in data science to one specific project or one specific uh, approach, uh, you might have to like, restart from scratch and not having enough time to, to do it. I would also add in there as well, have the, uh, or be prepared to say, no, we're not going to do this. We're going to do this one instead, but we're not going to do this one. Um, and having the, uh, the, the, the confidence to do that. Makes a lot, makes a lot of sense. And I think that's probably uh, a big part of, uh, yeah, because a lot of companies will want to do everything, every opportunity that comes up and there needs to be that, that ability to measure, you know, how much, how much money is going to go into this and what are you likely to, you know, what are you likely to get out of it? Uh, so I think that's a very good point. The other is they know. Um, so then um, moving on, so moving slightly away from financials and the numbers uh, onto company culture and the values of your business. So, you know, um, getting everyone aligned, getting capable people, passionate people, um, you know, make startups a success and in a recessionary environment obviously things can be more challenging in the macro sense in the investment space uh really in everything so for both of you the question is you know what are the core pressures uh that you see on your businesses you know getting that alignment and the passion within the business that and and how does the the challenge of the market conditions affect that and how do you how do you navigate that i can start like i think everyone that is joining a startup eventually wants to see it grow very quickly and wants to see himself i think quickly leading a team and, and growing uh, in his career path and i think that's something that won't happen these days uh, and i think the way you overcome this uh, challenge is just to share uh, and always share and be transparent with your team we in, in our case we have weekly where everybody updates uh, share we, we share the numbers on the revenues. We share the the market conditions also, and uh, I think everybody, every member of the team is aware about why uh, it takes uh, more time than it could have taken a few days, uh, a few years ago, uh, to, to to raise funds or to grow the company. Uh, and as long as you see customers growing and you see the revenues in, uh, increasing, I think people still are happy and see what and and like really believe in what they're building. In our case, we didn't have everybody decided to leave the company since we started and i think it's a very big victory for us uh so i think in general it can be overcome for sure i think it's um it it, it it's also it's quite tough on you you have to make some trade-offs um and you know you you might have to decide on doing one thing rather than another and it's communicating and explaining what and why that is i think that's particularly as as, as you get slightly bigger um, it's it's really important on on that on that communication. On the other hand, I also think um, you know just keep delivering, even if it's the small stuff. Show that you're continuing to do stuff. You're not you know you're not putting the brakes on on everything. You are getting stuff done. Um, and then just focus. You know, have a much more focused view. Um, and you know these these are the big one or two things we need to deliver, and that's what we're going to do with some small things around the outside. Um, so, uh, and it's, it, 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 it's really, you know, making it clear to the business as a whole, um, that, you know, we're still moving forward. Um, uh, it's just a different way of moving forward than it might've been when, you know, you had huge amounts of money that, that you could spend, um, or you have the same amount of money, but you want to make it last longer. Um, because, you know, we, you don't know how long the crypto winter is going to continue for. 
And when when you're having those sort of constant ongoing updates, obviously market conditions are changing and things in your business are changing. Do you have, you know, things like mission statements, vision statements, you know, core principles of the of the company? Do you do you use those and do you find that helps in in aligning the team? Um, yeah, I mean, we we absolutely do have that, um, and I think just you know bringing ourselves back to the basics of why are we here, why are we doing this, where do we want to get to, um, does does help with uh, just 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 aligning people thinking. Yeah. Uh, anything else you'd like to add, uh, sir? Yeah, in our case, we're a very small company, so we don't like. I think everybody is really aware uh, always about a mission. Uh, and we talk like we, we, every week we remind to all the team, like what we're building, uh, trying to share, but, uh, I don't think we need like those documents in a formal, uh, format yet. Finally, we always end our episodes, uh, looking toward the future. Um, you know, normally we're, we're idealistic with, with the questions, but because we're, we're, this is a crypto winter episode, uh, we want to work within that challenge. So can can both of you speak to any innovations um, existing or, or, or that you see coming in the future uh, in business, in tech, um, wherever you see it that you think will make surviving future winters more bearable? Um, so look, from my point of view, first of all, the crystal ball. I would love the crystal ball. I'm not sure who's going to uh, find that for me. Um, but if I can't have that, uh, then... I think one of the hardest things I've found having worked in, um, you know, fintechs over the last sort of uh, three, four, five years, and, and even before that when I worked in, 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 a, in a big bank, um, are actually what are we spending our, 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 our time on? You know, what are we developing? How much time is it taking to develop this versus that? What makes sense in doing it? Um, and nobody has come up with a good solution yet of how to do it. You know, even saying, you know, you obviously don't want your developers sitting there filling in timesheets and stuff. So how can we track what's, how long it takes for us to do something versus something else? And therefore, you know, what's the, what's the real um, return on investment of doing it? That, I think, would be an amazing innovation um, uh, that I haven't figured out yet. Yeah. So myself, I, in general, I think that this crisis that we live, like the startup crisis that we live right now has been a shock for uh, old entrepreneurs, and I think like we need innovative way of uh, financing companies. And I, I am myself like a big believer in revenue-based financing. And I think like reven- mixing revenue-based financing with blockchain and with the traceability and the transparency of the revenue of the company can create like very good new uh, options for uh, financing companies. And I think that's going to be like a very, very important, and that would be like a great innovation. Whether a company could leverage uh, the money that they make every month in order to um, extend their runway and uh, and avoid dilution. Uh, it's interesting that you both answered the question sort of with, with a different blend. So Marianne's taking, uh, I think, the view that most CFOs would take in terms of, you know, we spend a lot of time building things and doing things and actually getting a real view on uh, what we're building, how much time we're exactly spending on that and, and what comes out at the end and, you know, how we can attribute profits in the future towards that activity. And then um, on the business side, you know, the answer from Raphael being, you know, but part of our challenge is, is raising money in startups and, and, you know, you don't want to dilute, over dilute your business. And actually, if you have businesses generating regular recurring revenues, um, 
the ability to lean further into revenue-based financing uh, as a lever for growth, I think, is a really interesting um, is a really interesting insight. Um, so I'd like to end there and say thank you, thank you both, uh, Rafael and Marianne. You're you're both genuinely crypto legends. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, if you'd like to stay updated for more legendary tales, hit the subscribe button, leave a comment you'd like to see, and stay tuned as we bring you uh, more inspiring stories from the crypto legends of Web3. Mm-hmm.